Welcome to the podcast of Herbal Tales, about the history, symbolism and use of plants. My name is Annette Breur. I'm a Dutch storyteller and I studied languages and cultures. And what I tell in Herbal Tales is from a historical and cultural perspective on the properties, traditional uses of plants and their role in our history and stories. In this episode, I talk with Audrey Dickinson, nutritional scientist and fertility specialist from Nourish and Flourish. We talk about the benefits that various plants, vegetables and nutrition uh, have for our health and especially for fertility. And about some herbs we talk. I have a theme that I developed within Herbal Tills, it's called Histories of Women and Herbs. So a tip of the view will be lifted as well of this theme. So enjoy and hopefully it will be useful for you as well to learn something about the subject. So Audrey Dickinson, nutritional therapist I should say say she is based in the Hague, Den Haag, the Netherlands, where we've met about a year ago during one of my herbal tales. And I'm happy um, you're here uh, today to talk with us and uh, to share with us your knowledge about the subject nutrition and fertility. Welcome. Can you tell something about yourself, about your background and about how you came to do what you're doing? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so for a long time, for the last probably, oh, the last 15 years anyway, um, previously I was working as a chef. And so food has always been my background. I am originally from Scotland and I left Scotland 20 years ago now. And, um, you know, it was kind of wanted to uh, go on this backpacking trip and just see whatever it took me kind of thing. Uh, was completely fell in love with Southeast Asia. Basically went to all of the cooking workshops that I possibly could go to, you know. Um, and then, as I said, yeah, the whole cooking thing really took off throughout the, the, the years of traveling. We went from Asia to Sri Lanka. That was truly amazing. And I think in Sri Lanka, actually being exposed to really uh, more of the Ayurvedic principle and that connection with nature and being surrounded by beautiful animals and plants and tropical environment really uh, spurred my interest um, in food and to take that to a different level, to really think about food more in a holistic um, medicinal um purpose really to learn more about that, how we could use um, all these delicious spices and foods to really support our health. Yeah, it was a time of my life that when uh, we had decided that we wanted to start a family, and this was when we were living in Sri Lanka at the time, actually. Um, And for me, unfortunately, um, you know, the whole becoming a mother didn't happen for me after years of struggling, years of um, different treatments and Finally, then going on to IVF treatment, being spoke, being told by the medical industry that, um, or the medical world that, um, yeah, there was um, there was 
an unknown reason as to why we couldn't have a family, you know. And I think I think this is something that just played in my mind for so long because we struggled for so long, four or five years. And you got like from the medical world, we don't know why you can't conceive. And then you thought you might find an answer by studying nutrition. I definitely thought there could have been some answer to this nutrition, but I under also understood that it was more than nutrition. It was probably more about also of our lifestyle, um, maybe the stress that we were under at the time, the environment, the conditions we were living in, the flying from Far East Russia to Scotland or to Holland to do a treatment. And when you think about the stress of that alone in the body, um, you did your, kind of uh, you did your treatment, you did your treatments in Europe. Yes, I did my treatments in Europe. It was an accumulation of things. I think now at the time I can think back and, and see all of the small elements that I could have done better or I should have been a bit more mindful about, although maybe at the, at the time I didn't really have the education and to understand that this was impactful in my life, you know? Mm. So this really, um, as I said, has really um, led me into nutritional science, really understanding the body, um, and understanding all of the different environmental impacts, as I said, that, that we put onto our body every day, the type of food that we're eating, you know, uh, the quality of our soil. There's a, a whole host of things to be considered within how this is impacting our life these days, you yeah. know? Don't you get sometimes overwhelmed by all these elements that play a role in this? How do you deal with that? I think that that's something, that's a very good question. I think that there are many things to consider. And, of course, when I'm working with a client, it's really making sure that that person doesn't come, become overwhelmed by all of the things that they need to do. Um, but I think if we start just from the basics and strip everything right back to very simple, simple ways of eating, how we eat our food, the time that we give ourselves, to really um, kind of honour our body in a way, that, to deliver these lovely nutrients that are really going to keep us healthy and in balance. Taking time for yourself in the day just to sit for five, ten minutes. It doesn't have to be big fancy meals. It just has to be a very simple thing that maybe it's a, a corset that you've cut up and that you've maybe even just grated to make it into a salad with salad leaves and uh, some Colour, that's, uh, that's what I always talk about. Colour on your plate. It could be raw vegetables with some nice protein, whether it's an egg or, you know, a nice piece of fish. But just simple. Olive oil, fresh herbs from your garden. That's it. Mm. I'm saying it's very simple. I understand for some people that it's quite an issue. Yeah. And what, what did you discover during your studies uh, about nutrition that would be beneficial for, for us for, regarding fertility? Folate. 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 You know, so folate is a really important nutrient, as well as things like zinc and B6 and, you know, and these kind of nutrients. Um, I find a lot of my clients that there's, There's always an underlying reason, as I said, that maybe there's not, um, that they're not being successful with their conception. And maybe that could be something as simple as, are these particular foods not present in their diet? 
Or maybe is it because they are, you know, including these foods into their diet, but for some reason their body's not absorbing the nutrients correctly, efficiently enough? Is there a problem with the, the gut itself that it's not able to extract these nutrients? Simple things like chewing your food really slowly is massively beneficial for your body to be able to access the nutrients. And oh. some people eat very, very, very fast. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They're always in a rush. And these tiny, small things have a massive impact. Um, things like also omega-3 essential fats that we would get from our nice fish, salmon, mackerel. Um, you know, for maybe uh, dietary reasons that they're not eating these fish or... Possibly, they, again, maybe they don't like to eat fish, but they could always get it through their avocados or plant sources like walnuts and things like this. Um, you know, another essential nutrient would be B12. And a lot of people these days are vegan or vegetarian. So how is the levels of B12? Is it enough there, you know, to support um, fertility? So these would be all the aspects I'd be looking at when someone comes to see me and I'd look at their food diary of what exactly it is that you're eating and what you're not eating. Yeah, so in looking why somebody can't conceive and then you start looking maybe after many research to the simple thing of food actually, right? Yeah, they get to the simple thing as food, you're right. And all of the things that are so natural and so almost in front of our noses, we don't see anymore. And um, I suppose it's just about me trying to bring the attention back to these things that nature provides, you know, and stepping back and trying not to fill every single second of our day with other commitments to try and, you know, provide that window for yourself in the day where it can just be about you maybe doing nothing, like literally just sitting on a chair staring into the garden and watching the bees and watching the birds and listening to the birds. Small, simple things like this really have um, a, an impact um, and quite a large impact, you know. And I've just recently started um, um, a webinar. It's a free webinar and it's um, talking about just preconception care, so just opening up that conversation and um, I also offer a 30-minute free discovery call. So we can meet online, we can call, and people can just ask questions about, you know, the, um, the, the service that I provide and how it can help them. Or we can maybe explore ways together that can really suit them and their lifestyle. Um, and just to kind of discuss maybe some of the symptoms that they're having and where this where this is possibly coming from. Yeah, I also hold online cooking workshops, which is a lot of fun. And each month we have a different uh, theme, a different cuisine. And for me, I think learning about the skills within your own home, in your own kitchen, is, is actually quite ideal um, because it kind of shows people how easy actually you can make it but also just to expand your own palate and to taste and to understand different flavours, how they work together. So this is what the aim is of the online cooking workshops. Um, 
And I would really love to start a community of people just learning, cooking, tasting. Tasting foods they've never tasted before ever. You know, um, I've, I mean, some people I had to workshops with people have never had tasted a fennel before. They've never, they've never used a fennel before. Um, so using these type of, types of ingredients that no one's used before, maybe that's just music to my ears, you know? Because it's lovely to think that people are trying different things. And I think the more that you can try, the more confident you can rustle up something for yourself in your kitchen. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And if I could, I think it'd be amazing if every, if every person had a small patch of land outside their, their their back garden or on their balcony and whatever, and everyone was growing something, whether it was just a herb or something that they could then really get some benefit from. Because that's another thing. People really think that herbs are just something that you, oh, you just fling them in at the end. But there's so many beneficial phytonutrients within these uh, delicious herbs that can really have massive impacts in the body to help reduce, you know, oxidative stress, free radicals, and 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 reduce a lot of uh, um, inflammation and again support the liver just to get rid of all the, all the toxins and these are simple things and I would love to see that everyone could do that in their home. Yeah. Are there some herbs uh, you think what herbs might have a stronger influence on the liver? Um, you could be talking about things like parsley and possibly um, sage also, sage, uh, rosemary. You know, um, these type of herbs are really beneficial for, for the gut, but also for, for the liver, yeah. And they, these are quite very simple plants to grow, which makes it um, even even better for people, you know, because uh, they don't need a lot of, of care, actually. They can grow quite well in the garden. And um, sage is also another great thing for, for women's hormones as well to kind of bring that balance back into the body. So sage teas, um, you know, like blending them up and mix with mixed herbs into like a pesto idea with a mix of virgin olive oil. That's a fabulous, um, fabulous, uh, what do you want to call it? Fabulous source for the, for the gut, yeah. You lived a period in Asia. And are you still influenced by that? You, mens you mentioned the Ayurvedic medicine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's really great to integrate both, you know. Um, it's, it's really all about what my um, study was all about, was more about a sort of an integrative approach between all these different modalities and all of these different um, ways of thinking, whether it's West or Eastern together, and it's really that holistic um, perspective um, and a, a sort of a, a, a functional approach, I suppose, as well, of trying to find the root cause of something. And I've never, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a herbalist, but that's actually something that I'm very much interested in, and certainly something that we consider to study further in the future. Uh, because I do love the idea of both of these coming together, the Ayurvedic and the Western together, yeah. I think they all have a place. Well, in Ayurveda, they say we have different body types, right? The Pitta, Vata, Kapha, that kind yes. of... Yes. And um, I, I'm also not yeah, a herb. Yeah, Pitta, Hatha, Kapha, and one more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also not a herbalist, but I did, uh, you know, uh, look a bit into the... Um, 
um, medicinal herbs, of course, and then there's also this tradition of that. Also in Western traditional medicine, we do have this uh, a kind of comparable idea of d different body types and that certain herbs will be good for certain type of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. 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 And what did that depend on? Was there any particular guidance on that or...? Um, well, the, for example, they link in that tradition, herbs are being linked their characteristics to the, to the character and personality of a person. For example, origanum vulgare, uh, origanum, because it's also one of those herbs that are, um, uh, uh, could be useful for women uh, when their menstruation cycle is very irregular. Oh. But it says, uh, but we have multiple uh -huh. herbs that are suitable for that, that, that could have that, um, um, well, that have that property of regulating the menstrual cycle. But then oregano, it says, is um, suitable for a type of person who is usually quite happily, a happy presence, but also a bit busy and attracting a lot of attention a very positive energy um, but if you get too close to this person it is a kind of person that closes itself if it gets to too deep emotional level the the if somebody approaches oh. a person and that result that kind of character often has problems uh, like constipation headaches or cramps also in the sexual area and infertility could be yeah. caused by this as well so this herb oregano it says it causes it helps the person opening up a little bit more and well conceiving for conceiving as well ah and this is the oregano of oregano you're talking about yeah 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 oregano is also used you know um as a fantastic antimicrobial and antibacterial so if someone maybe has a problem with their gut microbiome um, often oregano oil would be used to help to um, eradicate some of the, the bad bacteria in the gut uh, this imbalance in the guts is known as dysbiosis and oregano oil has been something that can get, have really great results although it's extremely extremely strong and one has to be very 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 careful as as to the way this organic oil is used but it's been used um it's been used i think for centuries on with uh, people with um digestive complaints mm. and that would kind of make sense with the whole connection with um you know cramping and other things that are leading from the from the issue of digestion and maybe also contributing, therefore, towards hormone imbalance. Because again, we always have to be looking backwards of why are the hormones imbalanced and where is that stemming from? And a lot of the time, it can be stemming from a dysbiosis in the gut, which is causing an inflammatory effect in other parts of the body, which then has a knock-on effect on the hormones. Mm. You know, so um, yeah. You mentioned the oregano. It's quite an interesting and a very, very 
amazing herb to uh, eradicate some of, of this and then in the guts, you know? Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, shall I check one more what the rosemary, for example, says? So it says the rosemary. Yeah. As a, I'm only reading the part about the type of person it relates to, right? Um, okay. It's a, contra a bit of contradictory that's in the person and also that refers to the, a contradictory that's in the plant. It's like we would say in Dutch, I don't know if you know this expression, ruwe bolster blanke pit, rough from the outside and smooth on the inside. So a contradictory person that has a strong um, personality and with a lot of de determination uh -huh. often, but behind that determination are fears and a very sensitive person actually. The person seems to be stronger than he or she is and often wants to do more and achieve more than um, he or she manages to do. Fear is being repressed by the determination and s various symptoms can come out from this inner tension like stress, chronic stress and tiredness, fatigue, um, pr problems with nerves and depression, also diabetes uh -huh. or, or heart problems and a changing blood pressure can be caused by this. So rosemary stimulates the force, the life force, and strengthens the whole person. Wow, interesting. <laughs> I know that. Um, well, rosemary again is actually one of the favourite herbs, isn't it? It's just when you run your hands through that bush, it's just really lovely. Uh, rosemary is got quite a, quite a lot of B six and iron. Uh, so B6 is an, a really, again, essential uh, vitamin towards hormone development, actually, hormone uh, production. But um, I'd probably say it's also good for, I think it was muscular issues as well. Memory is a very good one for rosemary. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, fascinating. Isn't it? I love it. I really yeah. love it. Yeah. I think it's also very good just for for the immune system but of course if it's very good for the digestion it would also be very good for the immune system because 70% of your immune system is in your gut so so another great one to support your gut health yeah mm. I've heard people say that they don't like it because it makes them think of soap but then I thought you just used the wrong soap if, if you use soap with a herb uh, smell it's actually ruining your taste for the herb <laughs> it's a pity yeah. you know but um yeah and also somebody um i don't know if i read it or somebody told me i think i read it somewhere uh like you can use the purple flowers from the rosemary to eat to oh, yes. to soothe your you can use them. yeah yeah and 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 on a i don't know yeah. how, how this was maybe not really science science but like it could soothe heartbreak <laughs> so um i was eating a lot from it when i was having a heartbreak <laughs> and i always say i sometimes i tell that in my plans and love uh edition of herbal tales and then i say uh, i 
from my own experience, I did it, but actually I cannot compare with how I would have felt if I didn't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, oh, it's lovely. Um, no, but it's really been nice to talk to you about this and talk to you about plants. And, yeah. And I love listening to you and your stories. Herbal tales, histories of women and plants that I will be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, yeah. I will talk about... Um, um, about some plants that are historically have a strong association with witches and then I will talk about why some women I will talk about as examples of women who have had a big influence on the description of plants and also to show what effect that has on our knowledge or nowadays knowledge or contemporary knowledge of the plants um, and I will talk about also about some of the plants that can help the menstrual cycle sage like you said i will talk a little bit about sage and sage i actually relate to um because i have a story that has to do with the virgin mary um that had been she has been saved by the sage and also that's where the name comes from salvia uh, save a plant that saves you know and uh, also the feminine spirit in plants is very strong like if you look at greek mythology but also in japan for example where there is the belief of that there, there are spirits in the plants as well right and like over 90 percent of those spirits are female so there's a lot of feminine presence in nature and i think the relationship with women and nature is traditionally very strong yeah. I, of course, I do talk also a little bit about the history, the context of the witch hunt. Why? Why has this occurred? And what has that to do with the knowledge of the women? You know, and uh, about ladies' mantle, for example, as well. Yeah. Where the yeah. name comes from, why, what the uses and the properties of this plant are. And I would like to add as well that the citations that I did or the, the, the reading and I was translating uh, at the same moment that I was reading about the rosemary and the oregano, it was from a book from Yvonne Maassen and it's about the properties and, and signature of herbs. That's also the name of the book, Herbs, Signature and Properties by Yvonne Maassen. Well then this was it for um, this month this this episode and um, I've been learning personally a great lot because what I wasn't aware of before this conversation with Audrey was the well how fertility also is related to the wider picture of life stuff well I had a idea about that but then also for example of gut health and the health of the liver that those are very important relating to fertility yeah thank you Audrey Dickinson from Nourish and Flourish um, if you have any questions don't hesitate to contact her uh, the website of Nourish and Flourish where you can also find Audrey's contact details is in the description of this episode and of course as well the Herbal Tales website you can check for upcoming events also about the histories of women and herbs in which I talk about 
plants that can support uh, the menstrual cycle, for example, and have traditionally been used in that way. There's a whole lot of to talk about actually in such a theme. And um, also lovely stories, of course, myths and legends uh, from various cultures, Greek, but also Japanese. Well, so feel free to drop by in any of those events. And um, have a nice day. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to support this podcast, you can share it, subscribe to it at the podcast channel that you're using and also make a donation via the link in the description. Thanks a lot and hope you'll be listening next time again. Bye-bye.